TED Audio Collective. Over the past decade, many people I know have become freelancers. These are folks who work for themselves full-time, like my friend who does voiceover work, or some business school classmates who left corporate America to start small consulting practices. These are also people who have added a bit of freelancing to their money-making plates, like my friend who does interior design on the side, or my fellow academics who have side gigs providing advisory services in their area of expertise. We all know the obvious benefits of freelancing, but what about the downsides? If you're someone who feels stuck in their 9 to 5, freelancing may seem glamorous. You get to make your own schedule, you have multiple streams of income, you get to be the boss. But the reality is, each person's journey can look very different, even in the same industry or field. So what does it take to be a successful freelancer? And how do you figure out if it's something that's right for you? I'm Madhupa Akinola. This is TED Business. Today, you'll hear a talk from TED-Ed, a TED initiative full of ideas and research intended to spark the curiosity of learners everywhere. In this talk, you'll learn about the origins of freelancing, the steps required to become a freelancer, and the benefits and drawbacks of the gig economy. Then after the talk, I'll share a few more things to consider for those pursuing self-employment. But first, a quick break. This show is brought to you by Schwab. With Schwab Investing Themes, it's easy to invest in ideas you believe in, like artificial intelligence, big data, robotic revolution, and more. Choose from over 40 themes. Buy as is or customize the stocks in a theme to fit your goals. Learn more at schwab.com slash thematic investing. Hey, TED Business listeners, we're supported by our friends at Working Smarter, a new podcast from Dropbox exploring the exciting potential of AI in the workplace. Working Smarter talks with founders, researchers, and engineers about the things they're building and the problems they're solving with the help of the latest AI tools. Tools that can save them time, improve collaboration, and create more space for the work that matters most. On Working Smarter, hear practical discussions about what AI can do so that you can work smarter too. Listen to Working Smarter on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Or visit workingsmarter.ai. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Add a little curiosity into your routine with TED Talks Daily, the podcast that brings you a new TED Talk every weekday. In less than 15 minutes a day, you'll go beyond the headlines and learn about the big ideas shaping your future. Coming up, how AI will change the way we communicate, how to be a better leader, and more. Listen to TED Talks Daily wherever you get your podcasts. 
The year is 1194. Maurice de Bracy, enemy to the English crown, is locked in combat with a mysterious Black Knight. Suddenly, the Black Knight gains the upper hand and whispers his true identity in de Bracy's ear. King Richard the Lionheart of England. De Bracy yields. Later, de Bracy offers to let King Richard use his army of free lances, mercenary soldiers who were free to use their lances in service of whoever paid the most. That's how it plays out in Sir Walter Scott's 1819 novel, Ivanhoe. Scott didn't coin the term, but it was probably this use that stuck and evolved to describe someone who works independently of any single company. That independence seems to make people happy. A 2016 survey of freelancers in six countries found that those who freelance by choice, 70% of respondents, by the way, were happier than people in traditional jobs, specifically when it came to things like independence and flexibility in terms of where and when they work. In a survey conducted in the U.S., half of freelancers said there was no amount of money that would convince them to rejoin the traditional workforce. At some point in your life, maybe even now, you might wonder whether freelancing is right for you. You'll need a few things to be successful. First, you'll need a skill that's in demand. This can be as universal as driving a car to as specialized as neurosurgery, and it can be in pretty much any field. The more people who want your skill, and the fewer people who have it, the more you can charge for your services. Next, you'll need to transform yourself into an entrepreneur. Before freelancers can do any work, they have to find it. That takes marketing your services, negotiating contracts, building a network of satisfied clients, and a whole set of administrative skills like project management, time management, and accounting. And thirdly, if you can afford it, it's probably a good idea to budget for some benefits for yourself and maybe your family. Freelancers don't automatically get perks that some salaried jobs offer, like paid vacation or sick leave, life insurance, college tuition, or retirement plans. In countries like the U.S., where the government doesn't provide health care to most people, freelancers are responsible for that too. Freelancing has been around for a long time, but digital freelancing platforms like Uber, Lyft, and Fiverr are pretty new. They say they'll connect you with clients and take care of some of the entrepreneurial and administrative stuff so you can focus on the work, but there are some hidden costs to consider. First, your life may not be as flexible as you think. For example, if you're a rideshare driver, you get to choose when to work, but not how. The app recommends what route to take, enforces how you act with the threat of low customer ratings, and sets your rate. Those rates may be so low that you end up working more than if you had a salaried full-time job. Speaking of rates, it can be hard to figure out exactly how much money you'll make. Earnings vary based on location, platforms might advertise hourly rates that don't factor in expenses, and large-scale data on actual earnings is sparse. One of the largest data sets we have is from Uber, it contains 740 million trips by 1.8 million drivers between 2015 and 2017. Researchers analyzed these figures in a 2018 paper and found that once you deduct Uber's cut and the cost of business expenses, drivers' average earnings dropped from about $22 an hour to about $12 an hour. And buying benefits would reduce that number even more. And there is a lot of variability in working conditions across different gig platforms. For example, the company 99 in Brazil operates a rideshare platform that many people use to deliver packages. Drivers are matched with shippers, and 99 takes a cut. 
The company's terms and conditions hold both the shipper and the driver liable for anything that could go wrong, including things like if a package gets stolen. If you're considering joining the app economy and don't want to read all the fine print, there's a network of researchers who publish ratings of platforms based on five categories of fair employment. Digital gig platforms come with drawbacks and may not provide a reliable living wage. But for many around the world who don't have the luxury of choice and need to make money as soon as possible, like say if you just lost your job, the gig economy is the easiest and fastest place to get hired. For this reason, some have called it an alternative safety net. So considering all these factors and many others, should you dip your toes into the gig economy or dive in? Ask yourself, how much do you value flexibility or autonomy? Do you prefer to work within an established structure or to make your own? Are you willing to network to find new clients? Are you organized and self-directed? And perhaps most importantly, how much do you value knowing exactly what you'll earn from week to week? Canva presents unexplained appearances. It was an ordinary workday until... That presentation appeared out of thin air. Also, it's eerily on brand. Wait, did that agenda just write itself? Words appear, making this unexplainable case... Unexplainable? It's Canva's AI tools. I can generate slides and words in seconds. Really? <clears throat> the real mystery is why I'm only learning this now. Canva.com. Designed for work. Support for TED Business comes from Odoo. What's Odoo? Well, Odoo is an all-in-one management software with apps for every business need. Odoo has apps for CRM, accounting, sales, HR, inventory, manufacturing, and everything in between. And they're all in one easy-to-use software. And the best part about Odoo? All Odoo apps are integrated, helping you get things done faster and more efficiently. So when you think about business, think Odoo. To learn more, visit odoo.com slash tedbusiness. That's O-D-O-O dot com slash tedbusiness. If you're thinking freelancing doesn't sound half bad, here are a few things to consider. And these questions focus less on gig economy freelancing, that's where you're tied to a specific company or app, and instead on traditional self-employment. When you think of freelancing, do you feel excited or terrified? Do you immediately see all the things that could go wrong or the things that could go oh so right? We all have very different risk profiles, so it's important to gain clarity around whether you're more of a risk seeker who is okay with the unknown or risk averse, avoiding the unknown at all costs. Do you enjoy learning and teaching yourself new things? Becoming a freelancer may require that you constantly expand your skill set, which will help you stay competitive. How much experience do you have in your field, and how broad is your social network in that field and outside of it? There's tons of research showing that broad social networks can give you access to information, resources, opportunities, and even support when you need it. How do you typically react when you face rejection? Do you slink away and need time, a lot of time, to process 
everything, regenerating the energy to get up and at it again? Or does rejection make you say, oh yeah, you don't know what you're missing, giving you more energy to keep pushing? Resilience, being able to bounce back, is a necessary skill for most new adventures, especially freelancing. Look, in my almost 20 years as an academic, I've just formalized my consulting practice, which offers advisory services on leadership, stress, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and many other topics to organizations. I've had to figure out what is my true value add to an organization? What are my rates? Do I need an intellectual property lawyer? What's an LLC? Uh, By the way, it's a limited liability corporation, which basically limits your personal liability and legally separates you from your business. There's so many questions and areas where I've needed to develop some expertise, and there was no way to do this alone. So my biggest piece of advice, if you're thinking of freelancing, find others who are too, because you're going to need an army like King Richard to make what can be a tough journey an amazing one. That's it for today. This episode was produced by Kiara Powell and fact-checked by Matias Salas. Special thanks to Anna Phelan, Michelle Quint, Corey Hagem, and Colin Helms. I'm Madhu Bakanola. Talk to you again next week.